We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. If I put our jacks in the paint, how you gonna stop me? How you gonna stop me? We can go head to head. Call out your top three. Call out your top three. Look at the switch from Buddy here. Now that boy got three. We got Holly Burton run the point. This is the Benedict for the shot. If anybody gonna come in the post, then we got Miles Turner for the block. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Pacer Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and Michael J. Focci is out for the rest of the week. So you're going to hear me on this podcast with different guests. And today I'm bringing on someone that's an expert for the Indianapolis Colts, Destin Adams. He's a beat writer for the A to Z Sports uh, Colts coverage there and uh, an insider for the shoe. And we got to give Destin his props because he did break the Matt Ryan to the Colts stuff last year. So, you know, that was, uh, that was Destin breaking that, but you know, if that's your biggest break, I think that we're glad that that news is done because Matt Ryan on the Colts was not the greatest experiment. Destin. <laughs> hey, that, that is a way more happy breaking news that I've been able to put out. Every time I get asked to come on a podcast or a radio spot, like I feel like somehow, some way they introduced me as Destin Adams broke the Isaiah Rogers gambling story. That sure, one's that so too. much more negative. That one's so <laughs> much more negative. Um, I, I just don't feel like a good person uh, when they yeah. say it like that. So I, I, I rather the Matt Ryan one. You know, yeah. Everyone starts saying that I'm that guy. Yeah, well, hey, I forgot about the Isaiah Rodgers breaking stuff because I've kind of forgot about Isaiah Rodgers and the gambling situation. To be honest, I mean, the Colts have been decent this year. I think that they've probably exceeded expectations a little bit for a lot of people, so that's cool to see. But Destin's also a big Pacer guy. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Destin's a big Pacer fan, and so I thought, you know, me and Destin don't always agree 
I had a, we talk in a group chat. I don't always see eye to eye with Destin in terms of what the Pacers roster looks like and stuff like that, or who we're high on, who we're not high on. But you guys know we love doing a little bit of stock up, stock down here with this Pacers roster. And I thought after the first two preseason games, we can go ahead and dive into it. Now, to be fair, we're not going to really do a stock up, stock down for Tyrese or Andrew Nimhard because they did not play. I will just go ahead and say, based off of the the lack of point guard production that we got, they both would be stock up. That'd be really easy. So we're not going to. Can Tyrese's stock go up? Yeah, I think it can. I mean, if you saw what the team looked like without him, it's like, my God, his stock is up for sure. Same with Nimhart. I think that his his presence was missed as well. But we're going to talk about the rest of the roster here. So, Destin, let's start off with someone that is a newcomer to this team, someone that people are excited about. That is the starting shooting guard for the Pacers right now, Bruce Brown. Stock up or stock down? I'm going to say stock up. So I was confused by the Bruce Brown signing, I'm going to be honest. Um, But I like the fact that he just never gives up on a play. Like defensively, I just feel like the team overall is a better defensive unit whenever he's on the floor. And after watching last year, and then obviously the Rockets game was not a great defensive second preseason game. Um, But any positives you can get on the defensive side of the floor this year is big. And I think Bruce Brown is going to be a big positive on that side of the floor. Totally agree with you. I I think that Bruce, the reason he was brought in here was to help the defense because that's been a problem for the Pacers pretty much since Carlisle's got here. And I think even before that with the double bigs, it was always, how can we get better defensively? So I think that with the unit they have now, they need someone like Bruce Brown to kind of not anchor the defense, but really enhance the defense. And so it it was kind of a crowded backcourt when they did sign him. Maybe they were anticipating some other moves. I don't know, but with the rumors out there about McConnell and Buddy Hield, it does make some sense that maybe they were anticipating one or two of those guys being on the move and bringing in Bruce could have made that you know level out a little bit. But I agree with you. I think Bruce Brown's still a stock up, even though the first two games I didn't really see a whole lot from him. I think that it's really hard to tell what exactly he's going to be without Tyrese out there because while McConnell is a solid veteran guy, you're just not getting the same production and you're not going to get the same look. So it's really hard to identify what Bruce is going to do with this starting five whenever Tyrese is out there. So I think for him, we'll keep it a stock up. Let's move on to the next guy. We're going by alphabetical order of a last name. So we're going to go Kendall Brown. Kendall Brown is a guy that is on a two-way contract. Stock up or stock down? Uh, um, I was really high on Kendall Brown during his draft process. It was one of those guys that I was jumping off the couch when we took him in the second <laughs> round. I feel like you don't get that a lot for second round picks. But I'm, I'm going to say stock down just because I don't feel like I've seen a whole lot of growth from the first time he played to now. I think what he's good at, he's still good at, obviously, but I just haven't seen him improve on enough things to go stock up. And I still just do not see a – window for him to squeeze in and kind of fill a role for this team this year and I think that's when we're starting to see that this guy is he a long-term fit with this team or not so I'm gonna say stock down yeah I would agree with that as well I think that with Kendall Brown I agree I was I was right there with you when they drafted him they traded up for him I'm like this guy's super athletic could be a really nice defensive player could he play some four and I, I think that there's just a he's a long ways away in terms of really having a polished offensive game defensively I think that there's some upside there, but at the same time, it's still pretty raw. I think that he just needs more reps. Having injuries last year did not help, I don't think, with his development. But being fully healthy going into this second year on a two-way deal, it it's one of those things where he's really going to have to prove himself with the G League team and make some strides 
to show that he can be a long-term player in the league because right now I would say based on how he played in preseason last year and this year, even just some of the regular season last year too in summer league, he's not guaranteed to be on a a two-way deal going forward for another team. So there's upside there for sure, but he's going to have to continue to prove it. And we'll see. I think that he's a good kid. I really like him as a personality. I think he's when we had Scott Drew on, he talked about just how incredible of a person Kendall Brown is. And maybe that will go a long way in terms of his development. And he can kind of keep that same personality going. But unfortunately right now it is sogged down. I don't really see any opportunities for him with this team specifically. So maybe he could latch onto another team and that could be more beneficial for him in the future where he might have more opportunities. So enough of Kendall Brown talk. Let's move on. Backup point guard for the preseason Pacers so far, Buddy Heald. What are your thoughts? Stock up or stock down for Buddy? I mean, I, I almost want to say stock down just because I don't. I dislike seeing him wear the number seven. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is so far, but I, visually, I do not like him in the yeah. number seven. And I know he had a very emotional reason for that jersey being yeah. picked. Um, I, I believe it was like one of seven children. Um, mm-hmm. It was, was kind of like what he said. but um, So I get that. I'm not bashing that but I don't like it visually. But, I mean, I think what Buddy Heald's good at, he's really good at. Um, One of the better three-point shooters in the league. So, I mean, on that side of it, I will say I'm neutral, I guess, instead of stock up, stock down. I think he is who he is. Um, I personally really like the idea of him as a bench player with this team. Now, I understand contract-wise they have to figure some stuff out if he's going to be here long-term, and I understand if the team doesn't see him as someone they want to pay $20 million to like via what he's coming off of contract-wise. So I understand if they can't come to that terms on that, but I love his relationship with Tyrese. I love his ability to shoot the ball, and as guys get older in this league, the shot is not usually the first thing to leave. So I I feel like that shot's going to be here with Buddy until he retires. So I'll, I'll stay neutral, but I like his fit with this team long-term. I know some people don't. I mean, let's be honest. He he definitely does have a role with this team if he is going to stay here long-term. I think that they did have contract extension talks. They did not, you know, come to fruition. But that doesn't mean that they couldn't. I will say, after seeing the whole Jonathan Taylor thing play out, seeing how Miles Turner's situation played out, I'm not going to be surprised by anything. If they trade him, I won't be surprised. If they sign him to a new extension, if he plays really well off the bench, I won't be surprised either because, like you said, this team needs scoring. And looking at that second unit, they needed him to be more of a scorer than a facilitator with with the preseason team. But at the same time, they didn't have any other guys to run point guard with Andrew and Tyrese being out and not really trusting Isaiah Wong yet to kind of be that facilitator for that second unit. So give Buddy some on-ball reps. Had nine assists against the Houston Rockets, which is hilarious to me just because he led the team in assists. So – We'll say we'll I'll say stock up in terms of proving that he does belong and he does have a role in this team. But at the same time, so many guards, it's crowded. He could be traded. I would just say right now I'm going to keep it stock up, but he hasn't done anything to lower it. But at the same time, I don't think he did much to improve it, except show that maybe he can do a little bit more with the ball in his hand. So anything else you want to add on, buddy, before we move on? No, we will just have to ask that uh, that account that everyone thinks is his burner on on X. We'll have to ask them if he thinks it's stock up or stock down. Yeah, I'm sure he'll let us know if we tag him. So uh, now we'll go to your favorite backup big, Isaiah Jackson. How are we now, feeling about this? Stock up or stock down? <laughs> so 
I'm going to say stock down, and I love Isaiah Jackson. Uh, when Alex earlier said that we disagree in group chats here and there, I think a lot of the time it's about Isaiah Jackson. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I still feel like you can see the upside with him. I, defensively, I think he has just some crazy athletic blocks that – you just can't teach. Um, but I think offensively, he's still a little too weak to play the five. I think he struggles in the paint um, when he's not just in a transition dunk opportunity. Um, and seeing that that element of his game has not taken a step so far in preseason, obviously there's still time. Um, and we haven't been able to see him with the actual point guards with Tyrese and Nimhard, who I think would be able to utilize his abilities more. But so far through the two, first two preseason games, I feel like offensively I haven't seen enough from me to not say stock down yeah and i think the foul problems or the foul trouble has been a big problem too uh that's just been kind of his uh the big negative for him throughout his career and i do feel like there is a ton of upside there like i won't i won't deny that i mean even if i'm not uh, a fan of him over somebody else right i just think that there is a ton of upside and i can see why the pacers were intrigued by him and traded up to go get him because if he can put it all together like yeah he's a really good backup center I don't really see him as starter material, but I definitely think he could be a really nice backup. But right now, I'm just kind of torn because we do see the flashes. We do see that he's added, added muscle to his body. But at the same time, his offensive game is catch the ball and dunk it. That's about all he can do right now. Now, we saw a little bit of flashes last year where he could shoot the ball. Just hasn't really been given that opportunity to do that much. So I don't know if it's really in his game or not. It could just be kind of like at the end of a shot clock, he takes a shot, and that's kind of like the last resort type thing. So I'm going to go stock down just because I feel like if you look at the game against Houston, he was the worst backup big in that conversation, and I felt like he really didn't separate himself much either in the Memphis game. So Jalen Smith to me is just a little bit ahead of him right now in terms of pecking order and who I would trust if I'm trying to win basketball games. But I do understand what you're saying, Destin, in terms of the upside. He's got the highest ceiling of any of the backup bigs. No doubt about that, because he does just have a ton of athleticism to him. Like, we haven't seen a big like that have a, that much athleticism on the Pacers, maybe ever. And I know that's like a, a hot take to say, but like, if you think of what he can do, like, he's just very, I mean, he's supposed to be able to guard one through whatever, not one through four, but like maybe fives and fours and whatever. He's supposed to be able to guard multiple positions. And we haven't really seen that either. So, it's that wait and see game with him still only entering year three. So there's still time for him to break out. But right now I still feel like it's stocked down for me. And if you have anything else to add to what I just said, please, please share. No, man, I, th I think you, you got it. I I'm interested to see what his offensive game would look like with Tyrese and Andrew. Um, I think, those guys would get more and obviously it'd be more Andrew. Uh, he's yeah. not going to be running the court with Tyrese very often. Um, but just having that type of facilitator, I think would be able to utilize his style of game more on offense, but you can't just be an over the rim guy. Like you, you have to be somebody that has another element to be able to work in the post. And I think that's the element that he had to take a step this year. And we haven't seen it yet. Plenty yeah. of time, but we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and I think Andrew Nimhart is the guy that can unlock that a little bit because they have a really good connection and good chemistry with one another. And I'm sure that's just because they're both younger. They played summer league together last year and this year. They've probably worked out a lot together in Indy, so I'm sure they do have some uh, connectivity that maybe other players don't have with him. So that's a good point. Now let's move on to the guy that has been starting at small forward for the Pacers from Arizona, Benedict Matherin, stock up or stock down? I'm going to go stock up um, just because I think 
when I was talking about Kendall Brown earlier, I said we haven't seen him improve in the elements he needed to improve at. I think with Benedict, we have seen it. Um, I think we have seen some playmaking ability. I think we've seen him be a little less selfish with the ball, um, but he still has that killer edge to him. So being able to showcase that playmaking ability a little bit without losing that element that we love to see of him hitting the basket, attacking any defender with no fear. Um, I, I've really enjoyed it. I So I'm still going to say stock up. I still and this is another thing that me and Alex have disagreed with in the past. Um, I still think long-term wise, he's a better fit as a two in the NBA than he is as a three. And I, I just, I'm very interested to see how they maneuver the minutes this year, because that element is going to be interesting to me, but I'm still going to say stock up because I feel like he has shown a lot of improvements on the offensive side of the ball at the elements he needed to. And defensively, I feel like we've seen higher effort. Now, obviously that's not going to mean elite defender day one, but um, I think you can tell that it's something that he cares more about this year than he did last year. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that he wants to become a great player, and he's talked about that at nauseum. Every podcast interview that he's done, every media interview that he's done, he's like, I want to be a great two-way player. So, you know, like Rick Carlisle said, talk is cheap. So let's see what exactly comes of it. I think defensively, like you said, I love that you said it's more effort has been put into it, but still a work in progress. This is a guy that just, I think he gets it offensively, and if he had that same edge defensively, it'd be a totally different ballgame for him. The whole conversation we've had about twos and threes, I don't really see much of a difference in terms of a two and a three in the NBA today's game. I will say that defensively, I feel like he does a better job guarding threes, maybe guys that are a little bit bigger, because I don't think he's super quick in terms of his lateral movement. So I personally like him better guarding threes, because if you think about like a Jalen Green who's super quick, I think that he would take Ben off the dribble very fast. So that's where I worry a little bit about that. But I think he's such he's so strong with his upper body that playing the three doesn't feel like he's undersized for it. So if they can get another guy in there, like uh, a small forward that makes a lot of sense next to him, maybe they can be a little bit better of a defender, then I wouldn't have a problem with that. But I still think that if you put a three in there with him, that's a really good defender. Ben might still guard the opposing team's three that's a little bit slower. So I don't really know, like to me, it doesn't really matter as much. So uh, that's not trying to dismiss what you're saying in terms of like, you like him as a two over three, but I am kind of curious. What exactly do you think makes more sense for him at the two versus three? I I just think long-term, I think the position of need that takes the Pacers to the next step, because I feel like this year it's, we're, we're going for the playoffs, right? Um, Not the play in like they want to be a playoff team so i think that's a fine goal to have but i think the position that you add that needs to be added to this team to take them to another step is a three and d small forward type of player to where matherin can slide down to the two i think offensively it would just fit better with him because I, i think you're right i think he does have a better ability at guarding threes but i think on the other end i think he struggles more when threes are on him Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like when he's able to go against most shooting guards, most of those guys just do not have the strength to battle with Benedict Matherin. Um, So I I think that's the element that on that side of the floor, I I think you can get creative on how you deploy them defensively, obviously, depending on who that three is that you get um, to be able to make it to where matchups make sense. But I think on the offensive side of the ball, I think his ceiling is just so much higher um, at that two spot. And I can understand that reasoning, too, because he may be able to bully some smaller guards trying to guard him 
if a if you play in like a Cleveland, right? Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, they're a little bit smaller in the backcourt. He could punish them, but if you put him at the three, now he's going up against threes that are about the same size, and he might not be able to have that same strength. So you're looking more offensively where you like the fit for him, and I'm looking more on the defensive side of things. So that is kind of an interesting contrast there, but I agree, stock up as well, becoming a starter after pretty much spending most of the time off the bench last year, and I felt like without Halliburton, he was the go-to guy in the backcourt really trying to get this team some buckets when they needed it because with McConnell, Bruce Brown, they're not really, to me, offensive initiators that much in terms of relying on them to carry the load. Now, they may they may be initiators, but they're not going to be the ones that carry the load and try to get you a, a tough shot when the shot clock's winding down. So that's fair, but we're going to move on now to TJ McConnell. Start of the last two games for the Pacers in the preseason. Stock up or stock down? So I think his fit with the Pacers continues to look like a stock down for me. But when you look at his name being floated around the league as much as it is as a guy that all these contenders want that second that secondary playmaker in their bench lineup, I'd say stock up. I think TJ McConnell has done enough for himself to show his ability to do that if a contender comes calling Indianapolis um, for, the, for the Pacers. So we'll see how that works out. Um, but – I think overall you can just see the difference with when Tyrese is in, when Andrew's in, to when TJ's in. I think TJ has really improved on his offensive shot-making game. Um, I know the Pacers were talking about this last week of that he has like the most impossible shot um, to guard. And we saw in that Rockets game he made a couple of those. Um, and we, we see him being more and more willing to take the three shot, which has been nice, uh, even if it's not the prettiest. <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, we, we've seen him just grow in confidence in taking that shot. And I, I think he would just be a perfect fit with some of these contenders around the league. I do. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that right now it's still an, it's more of a neutral for me than a stock up or stock down just because he's the best third string point guard in the NBA. There's no doubt about that right now. And I think it's just too loaded of a backcourt in terms of the point guard position. I, there's going to be times where I think they slide him hard up to the two and he plays the one in the in the second unit and they play together because we know Rick Carlisle does like having multiple guys that can initiate offense. So that wouldn't be surprising to me if maybe they start things out that way a little bit where they maybe go 10. They might even go 11 man deep because I think if you look back at the 17, 18 or 18, 19 season, it might have been 18, 19 season. Nate McMillan actually started out playing like an 11-man roster. And I think Aaron Holiday ended up getting in foul trouble, so they brought McConnell in. And McConnell kind of just took it from Aaron Holiday that year when Aaron was a rookie, and they were really high on him out of UCLA. So, yeah, I mean, McConnell, when his back's against the wall, that's when he's at his best. And he's serviceable. He can play starting minutes and, and help the team. But I don't think he's a game-changer as a starter. But off the bench, bringing that little energizer bunny, that's exactly who he is. And I think for a team that's really trying to contend, he could be a nice fit. So I'm going to stay neutral. I don't think it's really gone down, but I think the only reason it would have gone down is just because of where they're going to position Nimhart at this year in terms of the rotation. But like Carlisle said, we still have yet to see what it's really going to be because Nimhart's not been healthy and neither has Halliburton in terms of playing. So I will say I'm staying neutral on McConnell and we'll continue to monitor where he ends up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey Pacer fans, Alex Golden here. I wanted to let you know about my new blog, The Blue and Golden. If you enjoy reading articles about the Pacers, then subscribe to my Substack, which is 100% free. You can find the blog at theblueandgolden.substack.com or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast. If you enjoy what you're reading on The Blue and Golden, please share the blog with your family and friends. Thanks for your support of not only this podcast, but my written work that can only be found on theblueandgolden.substack.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Aaron Neesmith, a guy that started last year at the power forward, now looks like he's coming off the bench playing more of the three role. Stock up or stock down? I'm going to say stock up. Um, I think my favorite element of his game that I... And I think he was good at this already, but just honing in on it during these two preseason games, and I think he's shown improvement, is his off-the-dribble ability. I don't think you see that as much when he's had to play the four, obviously. Um, I think he's a very versatile player. Um, He's a guy that has played the four, can play the three. I think if a time came that they need to slide him in at a two I think they could do it um, like he's a guy that has that versatility I think he's a really solid two-way player um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's used in a lot of closing game situations because of his defensive ability on the wing um, so it'll be interesting to see how he's deployed this year but I've really enjoyed watching him this year so far and I, I think he's going to be a key player on the second unit He's the most underappreciated, underrated player on this Pacers roster. I think fans kind of overlook him because he doesn't have the Benedict Matherin ceiling. But I think at the same time, you can maybe say he's the best wing defender outside of Bruce Brown. I think he he does a really good job. I, I feel like if the Pacers were closing a game out, he might end up playing that position at the four once again because he is so good defensively with that versatility. I know Jairus Walker has that in him as well but he is a rookie. And I think that that's going to take some time for him to develop and hone in those skills. But when it comes to a guy like Aaron Neesmith, who played so well at the four, the Pacers are comfortable with him playing that position by also, uh, but they also want to challenge him a little bit to play. Like you said, more on ball, more at that three and and see what he can do as an on ball scorer. So his game's evolving. I think he worked on that this summer. He talked about that at media day, how they're going to utilize him differently. And I think we've seen it in the first two games, seven and nine last night from the field against the Rockets probably was the best player in the game. I felt like for the Pacers on both sides of the ball. So got to be a stock up for him. And I'm excited to see what he does moving forward. Now, another guy that's kind of interesting. Um, they got him last year at the trade deadline, Jordan Awara ended up getting the backup minutes 
in the Grizzlies game at that four position, but in the Rockets game, he was put on the third string team. What are your thoughts on Jordan Awara? Man, I mean, if, if anyone that follows me on Twitter, you know that I've, I've been a Jordan Awara guy for years. <laughs> um, I'm still going to have to say stock down just because the drafting of Jairus Walker, the trade for Obi Toppin, it, it's making it a little bit more murky at that four spot of who's going to play and where. And Rick gets creative, so we could see him go 11 deep um, and get him minutes still, but we just don't know yet. And I, at the moment, it looks like he's going to be the odd man out at the four spot, obviously, with Jarris being a rookie, we know how Rick likes to ease some rookies onto the court a little bit. So we could see them kind of deploy both of them here and there to kind of get Jarris ready. But it, it's starting to look a little iffy on if Jordan Noir can be a every game rotational player for this Pacer team, e even though I really like what he's able to do on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think defensively there's a lot to be desired. There's still – I don't think he's quick enough to guard guys. He's going to have to guard fours. He cannot guard one through three. I mean, it's just not a possibility for him where I think Jairus gives you that versatility. I was surprised that he did get the the nod on opening night against the – of the preseason opening night with, with that starting – or the backup four spot. I was like, really? They're not playing Jairus here? Okay. And then Jairus ends up starting the second half, and I'm like, okay – Maybe they're just trying to give Jordan a look and respect that since he was already with the team. And when they traded for him, like he was like the only true four they actually had on the roster last year before this offseason. So you do feel kind of bad for him. He wanted to be in Indiana. That's the other thing. So because they're at least giving him a look, I'll say stock neutral because I don't think really as much has changed for him. I think everybody's anticipation was he would be the third string power four that might get in if there's an injury or something like that. But now with him getting at least the spot as the backup power forward in the first night, it seems like maybe they're giving him more of a look than we thought. So I'll say stock neutral. I don't think he's really lost much, but I don't really think he's gained anything either after being relegated back to the third string unit against the Rockets. We'll see how he looks when the rotation's fully healthy and they have all 18 guys available in those last two home preseason games. And we'll see where he cracks rotation. It could change my mind by that point, but I, I still think he's got some really good basketball in him, Destin. I really do. It's just with this Pacers team, I don't – unfortunately, I don't know if it's going to end up working out for him long-term here just because of the logjam that's at that position, which we didn't have before. So he could help another team, I think, in terms of being able to shoot the ball. And, I mean, he can put the ball in the basket. That's one thing Jordan Awara can do. So if the team's looking to bolster their bench offensively, that's a guy that they could – buy low on and and get a quality backup guy. So Jordan Awara, super nice guy, wish him nothing but the best. And even with this Pacers team, I wish nothing but the best. Maybe we can see some more from him as the season goes on. But right now I feel like he's on the outside looking in of that rotation. And then another guy that's making a case to be in the rotation, another rookie, Ben Shepard. What are your thoughts on Ben? Got to be stuck up. I mean, yeah. I think Ben Shepard, um, he was a guy that he rose a lot during the draft process. Um, it wasn't a guy that when they when they drafted him at the end of the first that I was like, who's that? It was just somebody that was new to me because he kind of came into the front of, front of the surface a little bit near the end of that draft cycle. Um, his shooting ability is very evident. Um, but man, like it just seems like the type of young player that Rick's going to play um, a guy that tries hard on both sides of the court, um, really nice size um, for that 
backup area two spot. His emergence is really the only thing that makes me rethink my stance, my stance on Buddy Heald, right? Um, Because that three point ability, a better defender than Buddy is. Um, He, I think he gets to the basket well off the dribble. Um, I I think Shepard is very interesting. Um, I'm interested to see how they kind of ease him in there, but because he's so good defensively right now, it interests me if it's a guy that Rick will play more than we think he will. I'm getting Andrew Nimhard vibes from Ben Shepard in terms of how Rick will end up utilizing him. I, I think he's not going to be a starter. I don't see that, but I do think that he probably will get into the rotation sooner rather than later. I think that they probably are very impressed with the demeanor that he's held during these games, the poise that he's played with, the control that he's played with. The shot, no, he's not as good of a shooter as Buddy Heald yet. But very fact- few are. Right. But the fact that he's been so calm when he's been out there, doesn't get rushed, seems to be playing more of like a level headed kind of style of basketball. That is that's promising. And it makes you feel really good about why they were so high on him and took him at 26. And they could have traded that pick. People forget they had that pick as well as 29 and 32. So they really could have done some damage there with those picks and packaged them. But they wanted to make sure that they held on to pick 26 because that was the target all along. They really were high on Ben Shepard for a while. So now we're starting to understand why they were so high on him. And it makes me excited because I was kind of like meh on it. I was like, okay, you know, pretty good college tape. I know there were some guys that really liked him that were analysts and, and covering the draft, but didn't really know if it would pop right away. I thought, okay, I'll be on the outside looking in for this year, but maybe in two to three years, he'll get into the rotation, maybe be the backup. I don't know. But right now he's already making a case for why he should maybe be getting some run with the second unit. So it's a, it's a good problem to have, I think, but it's also, unfortunate a problem that the Pacers do have with so many guys being worthy of minutes. And I think Ben is to the point where you could really put him in the G League and see what he does there. And if he's averaging like 30-some a game, you got to realize, okay, we can't keep sending him down there. Um, even if the on-ball reps are good, I think just you don't want to keep him away from the team. I think that staying with the team, practicing with the team is more important than being in, in the G League. So kudos to Ben. I think he's definitely been the most surprising player through the first two preseason games in terms of how well he's popped. So kudos to Ben Shepard. Now another guy that popped, especially the mustache has to go though. The mustache has to go. It's got to stay. No, Alex. No, the stock is even higher without the mustache. I don't know. I think the fact that he was inspired by his father's wedding photo to grow out the mustache. It's a family affair, man. The sentimental stuff can, can, can be here, but uh, the mustache belongs in the G league. Um, Ben (laughs) Shepard doesn't. That's all, that's all I got to say. Okay, okay. Well, we'll let you uh, – okay. this is why me and Destin don't always agree on things. I think the mustache <laughs> is pretty cool. I mean, it's uh, – um, with that smile, it's noticeable. You're not going to forget when you meet Ben Shepard. That's for sure. It's just like Michael Strahan's gap. It's just it's a it's a signature that's, mark. If that's what you want to be compared to right there. <laughs> or the brow. Or the brow. Yeah. Anthony Davis, unibrow, baby. So, uh, <laughs> But the mustache, I mean, I, I'm not even going to uh, get into that anymore. But Jalen Smith. A guy that really, it's he had an interesting year last year, let's just put it that way. And I felt like he's handled things very well in terms of how he's came in and handled things professionally. So what are your thoughts on Jalen? Yeah, I mean, Jalen's situation is interesting. Um, you rewind two years ago, fans are in love with every minute Jalen Smith's <laughs> on the court. Um, last year, um, it was a little bit different. Um, fans turned on him a little bit um, during the year because of the play. And I think 
Come, we're coming off his best preseason game, obviously. Really, really good, good game. Um, for me, I'm still going to say stock down because I'm saying stock down on both Smith and Jackson because I just think Daniel Tice looks like the clear best backup five option okay. for the Pacers right now, especially if what they're saying is true and the entire team's goal is to be not a play-in team but a playoff team. Like If that is your goal this year, then I think Daniel Tice is the clear best option as the backup five, and I don't think Isaiah Jackson or Jalen Smith have made any headway on getting to that level. That's That's a fair point. I think that they're a ways away from handling things like a professional and Tice would. Tice is definitely more experienced, more seasoned, and with his run with Germany and then playing with some playoff teams like the Celtics. And uh, yeah, I get that. I totally get that. But I will say for where Jalen was at to start at the beginning of the year, wearing the green jerseys, being with third string, playing most of the third string minutes on Monday with Memphis, for him to come in against Houston and relieve Isaiah Jackson of his backup role duties and be the best plus minus on the team that night, be a plus nine, and really just look so fundamentally sound, I'm going to give him a stock up. I do think that he's positioned himself to where it's more of a conversation now than maybe it was a couple games ago, where it's like, okay, you know, Isaiah is the guy. He's the he's the guy that's potentially going to be here long-term because they still have his bird rights. He's a restricted free agent where Jalen's got a player option at the end of the year, and Tyus has a team option. So, it does make sense to invest in Isaiah more because of the long-term control, but I just feel like the way Jalen played, if he he made a case why he should be in that conversation. Now, the whole tie situation is another story because they could look to move him. So that's where I'm just like, if they move Tice, at least they still stay young with Jalen. And I think Jalen is more similar to how Miles plays than how Isaiah is. So if they want to kind of keep that same type of trying to same type of play style with both the first and the second unit, then that's another way they can go. But he's not going to be a, a lob threat. He's not going to be that kind of guy, but he does provide at least some potential of an outside game too. So I'm going to give him a stock up, but we're talking about Daniel Tice. He's next on the list. I'm assuming you're going to go stock up. I'll probably go stock up too, just real quick, just because like you said, veteran guy, really proven, no reason why he shouldn't be the backup. I think he's the second best center on the team by far, but uh, I'll let you talk about Daniel Tice. Yeah, it's stock up for me um, just because, again, if the team is serious about the playoff goals. Now, I think a lot of teams say it. I mean, we've heard the Pacers say it when they were bad. So it's just about if that is a real goal that the team has, Daniel Tice is the clear best backup five. I think he's shown it. I think he showed it all summer um, during his play with Team Germany. Um, I think we've seen it even in these two preseason games. I think he just gives the team the best chance right now yeah now they just have to make that decision if that's what they want if they want to trade him later um because they don't want to pick up the team option that's a completely understandable thing i just don't see what reason to trade him there is if your goal is actually to be a playoff team this year Mm -hmm. no and i agree with that so we'll see what happens with daniel tice i i would like to see them give him a little bit more run because of him handling being benched last year for the young guys to get playing time too i think they'd they owe it to him to at least let him get some run. Maybe he plays like the first 30-some games and then they try to find him a new home where he can go to a contender. But before we get into the last three big names on here, I want to talk about the last two two-way guys that we have. Oscar Sheebway, Isaiah Wong, just kind of want to quickly breeze over them. Don't even need to give me any details on why you're saying stock up or stock down for him, but Isaiah Wong, stock up or stock down? 
Uh, stock neutral, I guess. Um, just we haven't seen a lot, and the last thing I thought about him is just the IU game where he torched me. So it's definitely down from that moment. Yeah, I mean the fact that he's on a two-way deal and going to be with the Mad Ants, I think that's got to be a, at least a stock neutral. Uh, yeah. Same with Oscar Shibuya. I think that the fact that I mean he's he's got some potential, but undersized bigs doesn't have much of a game besides rebounding. And that if he knows his role, I think he could have a role in the NBA as like a third-string center, but. Other than that, I don't really see him cracking any rotations as a backup big. For this team, unfortunately, I will say a little bit stocked down only because there's so many bigs on the roster. So what are your thoughts on Shibuya? Yeah, I mean, it's neutral or down, but um, all I'll say is that man is going to eat up boards in the G League. I cannot wait to see how many boards he averages in the G League. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm going to hopefully get to some games to see what he does in a different environment and maybe getting a little bit more exposure and playing time to showcase what he can do. Now let's go to the veteran center here. Longest senior pacer, Miles Turner. Stock up or stock down, Dustin? Stock up. I mean, I think Miles has shown over the last two years um, that he is a better fit with this team than he has been with others. Um, And I think Tyrese makes a lot of difference with that. And I'm excited to kind of see what Miles looks like this season. I feel like we've seen him just take a stride with Rick, with Tyrese, and – the deal got done last year. I mean, I think last season there was just this big cloud over him the entire season. Will he be here long-term? Will he not? Um, the contract is very team-friendly um, to where I just think he, it's a great fit for him to be here. I think he's a great fit for the fours that they have this year after opposing years what we've had. So definitely stock up for Miles. Excited to see him this year. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that Miles is in a great spot. He is the solo center. He's been promised a starting position doesn't have to worry about there being any other big playing next to him at the power forward spot. They went out and addressed that in the offseason. So, yeah, Miles getting that contract and just kind of showcasing last year that he could be a guy that can average 18 points. And, you know, hopefully he can get to double-digit rebounds at some point or at least get like eight and nine. That would be just a breath of fresh air for me just to see him be a little bit more aggressive on the rebounding side of things. But he wants to be an all-star this year. He wants to shoot 50-40-90. So we'll see if Miles can take another step. But I'm excited to watch it. And – if any of you guys have listened to this podcast for the five years we've been doing it, I've tried trading this guy for four years. Well, I've cut back on that. Okay. Miles came on our show. <laughs> you know, me and Miles are definitely in a better spot than I ever have been with him. So I, I'm excited to see Miles. I really am. And I think that now that we don't have the double big conversation that we constantly had to have, it, it just makes it easier to just root for the guy. You don't have to compare him to Sabonis and have that conversation of who's better, what's a better fit. It's just, this is our guy. That's the direction they went. Now, let's just embrace it fully and keep moving forward with it. Haven't had to talk about that in a while, but it just feels good to say, I can fully embrace. He's our center. I'm excited for it. I think he does bring a lot of things to the table, and hopefully he can continue to grow as a player. He's only 27 years old, just hitting his prime, and right when the Pacers might be making the playoffs. That's a great thing to see. So, lastly, the two guys I want to talk about here to close out this episode, Obi Toppin, Jarris Walker. I'll let you pick. Who do you want to start with? Um, I'll do Obi. Um, I'm. We're only talking about the last two preseason games. I'm not <laughs> saying this is a indictment on what I think he's going to be this year. We haven't got to see him with Tyrese yet. Um, I'm going to say stock down for the last two preseason games. I think we've just kind of seen how vital he can be at times. Um, he can be here. He can be there. Defensively, I feel like he's really struggled, and that's where going to be where I could see Rick 
giving Jairus a shot earlier than some people think because defensively, I think there's going to be a pretty large gap there. Um, so I, I'm excited to see Obi with Tyrese. Um, I think that's going to be a huge element to his game. I think Tyrese makes a lot of players better, obviously. Um, but I'm excited to see that combo. But from the first two preseason games, which is what Alex told me to do, guys, so no one attack me for it, I'm, I'm going to say stock down for Obi right now. Yeah, I definitely think that Obi Toppin is a stock incomplete. Because I feel like you said, we won't really see him unlocked until Tyrese is healthy. And that's the bottom line. I mean, Tyrese is like kind of not dictating, but I think he does play a big factor in how how good Obi Toppin can be. How how he's utilized is going to be different. And we'll see if he can continue to develop as a shooter. That's kind of been inconsistent in his career. I think he's going to need to be more of a consistent three-point shooter that plays a little bit of small ball. Not small ball four, but there's times where we need him to be that four that can shoot. And then I also think that defensively a lot to be desired. I, I tweeted that out last night. So people were mad at me for saying that when the whole defense looked bad, but it's just like the, the matchups that he had, he's gone against Tari Eason. He's gone up against Jabari Smith jr. And he's gone up against Jared and Jackson jr. And they had their way with him, unfortunately. So I just feel like he's going to have to buy in more on that side of things and just figure it out. But hopefully He'll get that connection with Miles, and those two can really kind of control the front court. But I'm going to say stock and complete for him. And then Jairus Walker will go to the rookie to close things out. And that first game, he was freaking awesome, like unbelievable in that overtime loss to Memphis. Didn't feel the same way about him against Houston. Houston's a quicker team. They're more athletic, and I felt like he got himself out of position a few different times there. But I still think it's stock up. I think Jairus Walker is a very fun player that you said he could end up being the starting power forward for this team by the end of the season. He could have a similar path that Matherin had last year where it comes off the bench to start off the first half or 75% of the season and then ends up taking that over because they want to give him a chance to to prove that. I think it all depends on what happens with Toppin and Halliburton, how they fit together. But if Toppin really struggles, don't, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Rick gives the nod to a guy like Jairus Walker, especially if he takes those strides forward. Yeah, I mean, a, a defensive matchup of Jairus Walker and Miles Turner long term is incredible. Like, like, yeah. that, like, just such a high ceiling with that group. Um, and I think defensively is a big thing that could help young guys get on the court earlier than what we've seen Rick do. Um, so I think Jairus has that in his favor. Um, I think the big thing with Jairus is very unselfish player. I think he does things where he, he is attempting to make the right basketball play at all times. And to have that from the four spot will be interesting um, with the second unit likely to start the year. Um, but I, I'm excited to see Jairus take his growth over this season because I think he's a guy that offensively we've not seen his best basketball yet and I'm excited to kind of see what his game grooms into but defensively I just think that ceiling is so high and I'm super excited to kind of see how he's able to use that athleticism that he has to impact that side of the floor so stock up I don't know if I even said that but it sounded like it yeah I mean I was if you would have said stock down after all that I would have been disappointed I mean man that would have been uh very contradictory to what you just said but you know honestly if you think about it Nimhart at the backup point guard Neesmith in that backup unit as a small forward and potentially Daniel Tice who is also a pretty defensive minded kind of guy he has good instincts block Shingun he had two blocks last night like he's a decent rebounder good screen setter you put those three guys around a Jarris in his rookie year, like that's a pretty solid defense if Buddy Hilds that fifth guy out there with him. So 
yeah, I, I kind of like the the upside there. Even Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, they both they're all rim protectors to a certain degree. So you feel like okay, if we put Jarris out here with a, another competent point guard and Andrew Nimhard, who can really, I think Nimhard's so underrated too. I, I really do. I feel like he's a special player, and we might even see him kind of take off this year too. But I get excited talking about this team because there is a lot of young talent to to be excited about. But Jarris, like you said, it's going to be cool to see him with that second unit. But Destin, we got to wrap things up here. Let everybody know where they can find you out on social and please promote anything else you'd like to promote that maybe we hit on at the beginning people forgot about. Yeah, like, like Alex said earlier, um, I write about the Indianapolis Colts covering the everyday process that they're going through at A to Z Sports. Um, so A to Z Sports.com slash Indianapolis. That entire feed is me just flooding your Twitter um, with articles as much as I can. <laughs> but if you're a Colts fan listening to this as well, make sure you guys do that. And I, I definitely post all the time about my Pacers and IU. Um, Got to show love there. Big time listener to Alex's podcast, obviously. Um, so everybody should make sure you hit that subscribe and uh, make sure you guys give a five-star review for my guy, Alex. Yeah, I love hearing that. And thank you, Destin, for that. And if you guys, you guys know where to find us out on social media, I don't need to go through the rundown, but if you're curious, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Pacers pod, STP. I'm at Alex golden NBA. Fachi will be back next week, but I will be back on tomorrow with a conversation with Jake Fisher, Yahoo sports reporter. And then Jake query will also be joining me later this week. So we got a lot of fun content coming your way, Pacer fans, but for now, we will talk to y'all later this week. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Mm-hmm.